think he's a gentleman. You stole my line again. Whatever. Welcome back, everyone, to the miscast review. Uh, this week, uh, I mean, technically, it's late compared to the last like month of us. You know how we've been uploading on Saturdays. So te- technically, it's late because it's going up on Monday. But really, if you think about it, we're really just getting back on track to our original like release day. But you can put it up put it up tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday. That's what I'm doing. Oh, I thought today was Saturday. Today's Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, used to post on Mondays, and now we're back to that. All right. Unintentionally. Unintentionally. Unintentionally, but, you know, it works out. Hopefully we'll stick to it. (laughs) Probably not. Might end up going back to Saturdays. Um, But anyway, yeah, man, we got got some juicy news for this week. We got some... Gossip. I got some gossip. We're going to spill the tea, talk of the tea, whatever, what have yous. I don't know. I, I've i never said that out loud before. but No, you haven't. Um, first and things you up. You never do that again? No, I probably won't. Please slap me if I ever do. First things first, a uh, little bit of disappointing news. Uh, Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho, has gotten the uh, corona delayed uh, treatment. Oh, oh, no. It's not canceled, though, or anything, is it? No, it's going okay. to be moved to next year. So, Well, you know what? This uh, this train wreck of a year is almost halfway over. So what's another six months? Yeah, whatever. It was originally supposed to come out this September, but... Now it's not. I don't know. It hasn't gotten a, like an official new release date or not mm-hmm. yet. So we'll see if it gets a new one, like when it does. Um, I think it was supposed to premiere, I think at like TIFF or something. It was going to start out in some big film festivals, but now it's not. So that's disappointing. But I am very excited for this film when it does come out. Oh, it's you're right. I mean, yeah. you know, Baby Driver. Um, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. And then Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz. All those. Everything. Um, he's so good. He's the best. All right. Next thing up. This is great. But well, before you get off that, we should do an, we should do an Edgar Wright film. We should. Example. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great director. He's really good. We always talk about all, all our favorite directors, and I'd say he's a, in the top ten of probably both you and me. Oh, We haven't yeah, done one of his films. Like, no, I don't know how. I mean, yeah, we've done weird. this for over a year now, and we can't. We still haven't done one. I know. Um, yeah, well, bookmark that. For sure. Um, so next thing is great news. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is going to be appearing in The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, from The Office, and he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for like yep. 10 minutes. And he's one of the main characters in Santa, Santa Clarita, Clarita Diet. Oh, that show is so good. Have you seen that? I've seen it every season, oh, all three. Oh, I've only seen the first one, but... What? I've only seen the first season. Oh, my God. you got to watch the, sec- uh, the second and third. Oh, no, it's, it's great. It's, I really like it. Yeah, it's a great show. Um... I always thought that the first time I saw him was in Santa Clarita Diet and then in Once Upon a Time, but I've just found out today he was also in The Office. Yes. I was reminded of his small character in that, uh, and he showed up in Screen 2, apparently. Uh, I've seen that movie like 10 times, and I can't remember that he was in that. Jeez, Jake, I've seen that movie zero times, and I know that more than you. What? Yeah. You've never seen Scream 2? I've not. Have you seen the first one? 
I think I fell asleep, but oh I was like, very tired. I wasn't bored or anything. I just felt tired. It's like, it was tired. All right, we got to do that in October for an episode because that is my favorite horror film of all time. Scream? Scream. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Easily my favorite. Um, yeah, so he's definitely one of my favorite comedic actors right now. Um, we don't know what character he's going to be playing this season, but he is rumored to be wearing. Boba Fett's armor at some point. So, oh, so he's gonna be Boba Fett? No, he's not gonna be Boba Fett because the actor has been announced who played Jango Fett is going to be playing Boba Fett. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. So my biggest, the biggest rumor, um, the New Zealand guy, right? Yeah. I want to develop my app? <laughs> um, the biggest rumor right now, like revolving around that, is. Like, he comes across the Starlock pit and, like, finds the armor and just kind of steals it and wears it around. And then the real Boba Fett comes around and he's like, yo, mate, that's my armor, you know? And then that's, like, going to be a thing. Oh, okay, okay. And he's, like, he's his character is not going to be, like, an actual Mandalorian or anything. So, like, I don't know. It, it seems kind of like an interesting story, though. Yeah, that could be interesting. So... Very you know, excited. I will that. say, for as far as I'm not like, def, I'm not like a Star Wars fanboy. I mean, maybe oh no, ne- I yeah, neither am I. But I am very interested in the stories that are that are there to be told that haven't gotten told yet. Just about like smaller, right? You know, little things like like Ahsoka is going to be. Oh season. yeah, all all that like and that's why I like the Clone Wars so much because yeah, it focuses on exactly like, you know lesser things. characters. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and with Ahsoka, there's rumors that she's gonna be like making a small appearance in this and then be a, a bigger player in the Kenobi series later on. Okay. So that's okay. Uh, that would be really sick because Obi Wan and Ahsoka had like I guess a big relationship in. Um, the Clone Wars yeah. or something. Like, they were good friends. I think it's funny that, like, the worst, like, that awful animated movie, the Clone Wars movie, like, you know, it, it got followed up with seven really solid seasons. Right. And, like, a bunch of spinoffs. So, so good we'll, for them. We'll see. Um, a lot of people are speculating that since so many, like, big news are, is coming from the Mandalorian season two that they are holding back like ginormous secrets about the season right now really because with the first season like the biggest thing about like the baby Yoda was get a secret until the show aired okay so wait but like what would be like what kind of secrets I don't know who knows that's that's the fun of it oh. we'll have to wait and see this fall hmm. when it drops so before we get off Star Wars do you think that um when uh, George Lucas told um, Carrie Fisher to uh, make out with Mark Hamill in episode five, do you think he had like written the script that they were siblings yet or no? I mean, it's made known that he had written all like the entire like trilogy or exactly or like the entire like nine films as one giant thing, and realized it like it's way too big to be one film. So then he didn't them in parts so I'm assuming (laughs) yes but maybe that's something he like switched naughty naughty in like one of the lighter drafts of actually 
And he's episode like, oh, six. wait, aren't they supposed to be siblings? Oh, dang it. Well, I already made episode five. <laughs> right. Or, like, he forgot that they were supposed to be siblings or something. And then, like, oh read God. the section for Return of the Jedi. And he's like, oh, they're supposed to be siblings? Oh. My bad. Yeah, I know, I know. Or he just doesn't care and is into that. Oh, God. Who knows? Whatever floats his boat, I guess. Actually, no, not whatever floats his boat. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so enough about Star Wars. Okay. Because I am very burnt out I'm burnt on Star out. Wars. Um, now, back to some disappointing news. Um, although, thankfully, this is only a rumor. This hasn't been confirmed or denied yet. Okay. okay. The 2021 Oscar ceremonies may be postponed. Okay, but that's understandable, though. What 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 films, you know, I, as much as I'd love to see Birds of Prey win Best Picture, I just don't think that's going to well, fly. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, but well, no, seriously, though. No, a, a couple weeks ago they announced that all of the films that were supposed to like <laughs> why I'm sorry that was just really funny God, you always do this um, okay sorry they announced a few weeks ago I forgot to bring it up on here but they announced that they are going to still be considering all the films that were supposed to come out in theaters during all this time still um, candid for uh, being nominated how does that work oh French Dispatch looked really good no, well, I mean, they're all dropping on streaming services. Oh, okay. Like, all of these theatrical releases are just being dropped to rent on, like, Amazon Prime. So, like, Scoob, the new animated Scooby-Doo film, was supposed to come out I heard that was last that week. Good. I know. I heard it was disappointing. I already knew that going in, though. <laughs> it didn't look great. No, it, it didn't. I, I, they, could, they could have definitely made that a lot better. Yeah, but, like, that was supposed to be come out in theaters and it just dropped on prime to rent the same day there was um invisible invisible man their theatrical oh, run got sh- cut short so it dropped to be rented uh the way back with ben affleck was dropped on there to be rented so like all of these films that's already a movie that was out the way way back no the way back oh Oh, where he's like a coach or yeah. something? Oh, okay. Yeah, supposedly it's like his greatest performance of all time what? in that film. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it's phenomenal. So I just didn't want to dish out the money to rent it. Oh. Okay. So I'm waiting until it goes to regular renting prices. Well, how much is it now? They're all like for 20 bucks. Oh, gee. to rent? Yeah. Where On where? On Prime. And that's the only place where you can rent these? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'll just get on Plex or something and watch it there. I'm pretty sure it's all on there. I think I've seen it on there when we were flicking through. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, so, like, I... I mean, before everything <laughs> went down, like, I was going to the movies basically for free because I had that, like, $200 <laughs> regal Where did you card. get that again? My aunt. Oh, God. So, I was like... I, would be, I was like, well, I mean, I was going to go see it for free. I'm not going to dish out twice the price of a normal ticket to rent this. I'm very sorry day. you had to waste one of those on Countdown. Yeah, well, I think I might have actually spent 
normal money on that. Oh, I'm very Which sorry. Which in that case, yeah. I'm very sorry about that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even more sorry about that one. Um, that was a disappointing movie. Um, but regardless, yeah. So they're like all of these films are like the love words, for example, instead of being dropped on prime to rent, it was put on Netflix. So like stuff like that. Oh, okay. So all these films that are just being dropped on streaming services are still going to be, um, able to be considered I just feel like I mean it's what we have to do at this point there's no avoiding it but I mean it is a bummer because um, you know films like like The Irishman I probably would have gone to see that if that like released to theaters like, I mean it money. did it just was only in like LA New York and like other select theaters oh okay. yeah so I I would have preferred to see that in theaters too yeah because even Scorsese said, like, this is a film meant to be seen on the big screen for the first time. And I was like, I can't. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that was definitely disappointing. And same thing with, like, um, what was another? Or, like, Marriage Story, too. I didn't get to see that in theaters. Oh, yeah. I just watched it when it dropped on Netflix. So it's the same kind of deal. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of good that the Academy is still giving these films a shot, even though they're on streaming services first and not their typical, like required two week, um, theater run. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, it doesn't really change much anyway, because the mass majority of films that are nominated come in the fall. Anyway, films are in theaters for longer than two weeks. I know they're just like it minimum. It has to be in theaters for two weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, this doesn't really change much anyway, because the vast majority of films that are nominated come out in the fall and winter. Yeah, no, so, exactly. It's I'm like, sure, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm not sure, but I assume theaters will be open back up then. I mean, they're already opening up, and like all the red states, like in Texas, theaters are opening back up, and Georgia, oh, really? they're opening back up. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, there's nothing they can play right now because nothing's out, but. Yeah, or everything's been rescheduled. I mean, just think, though, like, I mean, when you go to the theater, like, do you sit by some random person you don't know, or do you sit away from them? I always sit in the very top right corner of the auditorium. Oh, you're that guy. Typically by myself. Yeah. It's a great spot. I started it when I first went to uh, the San Diego Film Festival, and I saw, I think I saw Portrait of a Lady first. And I just went up there because it was, like, one of the only available, like, areas. Oh. And I was like, man, this is actually a really good spot to sit. So that's oh, just like, kind of what I've bad. been doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I've done that ever since unless, like, I would go with you and Kylie and she always want to sit in the direct middle <laughs> of the auditorium and in the middle of the screen. Like, she explained this, this to me, like, I guess the speakers converge at that point. What does she know about uh, sound engineering? <laughs> oh, she wants to be like a sound engineer for her career. Well, has she done any like whatever? It doesn't matter. That was a I, joke. I, 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 that's that's not true. Okay, I was like, I, what? She wants to be like a midwife. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, didn't she say? It? I'm pretty sure she said that she wanted to be that a midwife. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I sit in the top right corner by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? Um, regardless, um, again, there hasn't been an official decision made yet about postponing the ceremony because back when like everything was full force lockdown, they said 
that they are not going to postpone. Mm. So and like still have it in the auditorium with everybody like usual. Yeah. yeah. No changes. But it just kind of depends on L.A. because they hold it in Hollywood, of course. And L.A. seems to be like the strictest county in the world on their lockdown situation. So it all depends on that. Um, But, you know, there's still a chance it will be held on February 28th. I'm I'm crossing my fingers because it is my favorite night of the year. (laughs) So we'll see. I mean, this is my Super Bowl. Like, yeah, no, this I is what that. I look forward to every year. And it only costs 12 bucks to get in? To what? To the film festival? Oh, for the San Diego Film Festival. Yeah, what were you talking about? The Oscars. Oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I was... Oh, no, I mean, I'm the... We were on two different pages there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, the f- festival is... It's like m- late October, usually. And, yeah, it's like 12 bucks a ticket okay. to see for a screening i mean to go to that yeah and it's, i think it's like no, 300 the for oscars the is pass. my super bowl too for sure but um you know if there's like nothing like that I, I i was kidding about birds of prey obviously but that is seriously my favorite movie at this point in time of the year so really yeah i mean I, I, there's nothing that i've seen that's beat it the invisible man is really good what did i say i saw something recently and I thought I said this might be my favorite of the year, but I don't remember. It wasn't it was. the Lovebirds. No, that was very disappointing. Uh, unfortunately, I was so looking for it. That was like my most anticipated. Do you ever like watch a movie like thinking it's going to be good, and like you realize like you're not like necessarily like bored or anything, but you you're like an hour fifteen minutes into the movie or so, hour mm-hmm. twenty minutes, and you're like this movie has like a tiny like bit of its runtime left and nothing really interesting has happened right like nothing that i that i like has happened yeah that's kind of how i felt well in the lovebird situation it was more like the trailer was so good and so funny that when i watched the film i realized all the funny jokes were in the trailer oh really and everything in between was just filler leading up to the next trailer joke uh, that, oh, that, that really disappointed I mean overall it was still a fun movie like I gave it a 3 out of 5 but it was just like I was just kind of hoping for more especially with the two lead actors in it I mean come on oh yeah I mean Kumail Nagiani and uh, uh, I think her name's Saray maybe I don't know she's they're like two of the biggest like coming up comedy actors right now yeah and, like it just didn't do it justice. You think the script was? It was the script. It was the script. Yeah. I mean, the direction and the cinematography and everything was really good. Okay. It was just, yeah, the script was just kind of lacking. Like, it was very stereotypical. Like, we got ourselves into a situation where now we're, like, the lead suspects in a murder case and we're going to go solve it ourselves. Oh, okay. Type of deal. And it was okay, just okay. kind of like, eh. It was good. Uh, Definitely not like favorite comedy of the year. That is the big adolescence for me. That's probably my favorite comedy from the year. The so big far. adolescence was that one. It's a Hulu original with um, Pete Davidson. Oh yeah, no, I, that one. That one does look funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was really good. Um, but anyway, moving on. 
this is back to some good news. Okay. Um, did you ever see the Je- the Zack Snyder Justice League film from two years ago? No, I, I didn't really uh, care. Did you see Batman v Superman? No. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I didn't see either of those. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see Man of Steel. Okay, I saw that one, and I was really excited for that one. I Disappointed by the like forty-five minute fight scene. Uh, then I was just like, I don't care after that. Uh, so I didn't see Wonder Woman, even though I heard it's great. I, it's on my list. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I saw Aquaman. Just really cheesy, fun, good time. Okay. Can't get mad at it. Okay. It was just fun. You know, uh, Jason Momoa is amazing. He's, he's a really great dude. Who I expected to play Aquaman, though. No one really did, but he's a great choice. Uh, and then I didn't get to see, get around to seeing Shazam, but I heard it's the same deal, just a really fun, harmless time. Oh yeah, I saw a, a little bit of that. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Batman v Superman. I just could care less about. I didn't. I heard terrible things, so I just said I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, no, I know. And then you saw Suicide Squad. Oh, I saw Suicide Squad. Disappointing. I saw, I saw that four times in theaters. Don't know why. It's not good. Well, because I had to. I had to decide if it was good. <laughs> Took you four trips to decide. I saw it four different times with the four different people, and all the people I was with liked it. So, except for me. Yeah, no, you. I don't like that film. Uh, so yeah, didn't care for Batman v Superman. Did not care to see Justice League. Same deal. Just all the drama behind the scenes. It made me just not excited for it, so I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But then the reviews came in, and they were all terrible. So I'm like, good thing I did not waste my time with that. But this is all leading up to the hashtag release the Snyder Cut uh, trend that's been going on for the past like year and a half, okay. year or so. Because basically the thing was is he shot the entire film, was in post, it ended up being like a four hour long cut and it was supposed to be this like crazy, amazing, like every DC nerd's wet dream of a film, basically. And the studio was like, too long, cut it down shorter. So then Zach's like, all right, and made it a two and a half hour film, you know, whatever, typical film, like superhero film runtime. Okay, and that's for the Justice League? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then one of his family members passed away or something, and he had to go deal with all that. So then they brought Joss Whedon in to finish it, who did the first Avengers and then Age of Ultron, you know, very well-known, great ensemble director. And then so he went in and reshot like 80% of it. Oh, wow. And then basically changed the entire thing, and the studio wanted it under two hours. So it was like an hour and 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, jeez. Like right there. And that's why it was just god-awful, apparently. Plus, you know, the whole Henry Cavill mustache thing, because he had a mustache for the last Mission Impossible and couldn't shave it, be Superman again. So they CGI'd it off, and the CGI job was awful. Oh, really? So terribly looking his face looked all distorted from the upper lip down. It was bad. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so Wynn got out 
that Zack Snyder had a cut of his original vision and the fans wanted to see it very badly so everywhere they would post hashtag release the Snyder Cut no one ever thought this was ever going to actually come out and then like six months ago like the cast started getting behind it and then finally the studio called Zach up and they're like hey man you ever think it'd be uh, cool to finish up your vision at all he's like yeah so now the uh, official Snyder Cut of Justice League is going to be coming out on HBO Max next year oh wow okay full four hour thing but his original on. vision okay that that is pretty awesome um, but if Joss Whedon is such a good director then why didn't it work with, with him and what makes us think Zack Snyder's version will be so much better I think it's because it was less Joss Whedon's deal and more like the studio interference. Oh, it was like kind of like Spider Man 3. With, uh, and, Solo. Yeah. Okay. It was like Ron Howard's situation and um, what movie did I just. Oh, Spider Man 3 type of deal. Huh. Like just massive studio interference. That you know what? I'm just going to say this really, really quick. I just. Uh, all three of those movies, they're ridiculous and they're campy and they're fun I, just, I like them all I do like Spider-Man 2 the best I mean I don't mind Spider-Man 3 I, I, it's I not good it. compared to the other two but no. it's it, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen no really I mean it's just sad for um, Sam Raimi because his vision oh that's true didn't get it come out but I mean I still had fun with it like when in that final battle like, oh it's super fun Venom's like yeah. I just like being bad I, I just like <laughs> it's so funny it's, it's just yeah like Venom was never supposed to be in the film until later like in the fourth film and stuff like it just yeah the studio interfered and it's the same deal here like Joss Whedon just got hired to do his job like that was it gotcha and it's more similar to the Suicide Squad situation where it was intended to be a much darker film and the studio wanted to take a page out of Marvel's book and was like, no, it needs to be campy and fun and good. And then so they brought Joss Whedon in to just like make it that because he did Avengers. Didn't they have like the trailer company like edit it or something? Yeah, that's what they did with Suicide Squad because... um, they wanted it to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so that's the same type of deal. So I'm I'm happy that Zack Snyder, despite him not being really one of my favorite filmmakers ever, you know, he's I don't really like his work that much, but I am very happy he's finally going to be able to show us his original intended version of the film. What, what has he done? What has Zack Snyder done? I know he uh, did Watchmen. Watchmen. That's been on my list for like years I know, to watch. Mine too. I want to read the graphic novel first. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Watchmen 300. Um, he did some zombie movie. Um, World War Z? No. I think it was uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. And then he did Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League. And then that was it. But now he's coming up with a new zombie film for Netflix that's supposed to come out this fall. So he likes zombies. He likes zombies, apparently. So I think this is going to actually make me want to go watch Batman v Superman in the 
other Justice League to just kind of see the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm willing to sit through the disaster of Batman v Superman for this. Um, and Joss Whedon's Justice League. I just think so. Batman vs. Superman was uh, it looked kind of boring. Yeah, it looked pretty boring. But also, like, I'm not, like, a guy who's, like, you know, you, oh, you didn't stick to the source material. Like, Tom oh, Hardy's Bane that. is, like, my favorite Bane. I don't care if he's, like, not in the comic books or whatever. Yeah, me neither. Um, but, like, I mean, when I saw, like, somebody, a friend showed me, like, a scene from that movie. And, like, Batman, like, takes his grappling hook and, like, he, like, pulls a giant metal shipping container and, like, crushes a guy against a wall. Right. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool, but, like, Batman would never do that. So, obviously, this guy doesn't know what, what, what he's doing. Well, yeah, that was another thing is that mo- a lot of fans were pissed that <laughs> they made Batman a murderer. Yeah, like, so Batman just, like, kills people in this one, from what I understand. I mean, to be fair, the... Keaton. I was just going to bring that up. He killed people too. He he did kill he people. He killed a but lot of was, people. I consider, that, you know, the first one was okay, but Batman Returns I think is great, mm-hmm. and I consider that more of a really great Tim Burton film and less of like a Batman. Yeah, this is I just do like too. Tim Burton like making a Batman movie. I think that's that's freaking cool. That's something right. out of like a nerd's wet dream. Exactly. So, and I think the only like real faithful adaptation of the comics is the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, really. So too. That's like Besides spot the main on thing, perfect. Yeah. Everything. I mean, even that, like when he breaks Batman's back, is oh, straight true, yeah. out of a comic. So. <laughs> I was born in the dark. But uh, yeah, and so basically, it's they're going in, they're reshooting stuff, and it's going to cost between twenty and thirty million dollars to finish it up oh my god I I heard that news and I was like you know how great of an independent film I can make up with 20 to 30 million dollars oh my god I know <laughs> like come on but yeah that's that's that if you ever won the lottery do you think that's what you would do like you'd, you'd just you'd like make a movie yeah how like would you know like the best ways to like spend like how to spend the money I would just get a producer to help with that because I yeah no I have no idea how to budget out a film I know how to write a film I know how to direct a film I know how to edit a film I don't know how to budget anything okay okay that would be tough and it's it's good that my film uh, is cost like nothing so I don't have to worry about that (laughs) pretty much yeah, uh-huh. it's well possibly be like the cheapest independent film ever made. Jake had to explain to his mom why there was a keg in the in his trunk, and <sighs> that was an awkward, awkward conversation. And now the keg is uh, sitting comfortably in my garage, there just waiting for us to use it in June. Perfect. Yeah, the only thing we're gonna actually spend money on is buying a tap. Oh, okay. Which is I assume like fifteen bucks. So whatever. Yeah, so that that's all the news. Well, this week. All right, now we have to talk about this uh, this fantastic film. Yeah, the Darjeeling Limited. I, I, dude, I love this movie. I don't think I do too. I don't think you gave it enough credit when you were like 
when you're like yeah, when you pitched it to me, <laughs> I was I was honestly not really looking forward to watching this movie. Uh huh. I wasn't like dreading it, but I'm just like oh, you're just like man, it'll be alright. Like, okay, it's it's this is Jake's turn. Um, to to watch this time or to choose the movie, and, you know, this is what he chose. But you know, man, I think blew you away. I, I think you you kind of you kind of hit the hit the jackpot on this one. Yeah, it's a dude. This is the first rewatch of one of Wes's films so far for me, and I'm so glad I did because I love it so much more this to go around than last time. Yeah, it's just so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, like when I first watched it, I was like, "Yeah, that was really good." You know, Wes Anderson. Of course, it's good. And I was like, "Eh, this story's a little bland, though." But whatever, it was fun. And the more t- that the more time passed, the more and more I just started loving it. And then I was like, "I gotta rewatch it." I yeah, just have it's to. one of those movies. So then we watched it, and I'm like, "This is like one of my favorite of his films." Yeah, like top four. But to be fair, I've only seen five of his full films. Oh, okay. Well, no, I mean they're all they're all great. Um, let's see. You have so I think we can both agree, Fantastic Mr. Fox is mm-hmm. his best. I I just finally updated my letterbox ranking. Oh, really? With Grand Budapest and everything, it's uh. Where'd you put it? Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. Grand Budapest. Okay. I feel like those are his two masterpieces. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, then, Life Aquatic. Um, Life Aquatic, Darjeeling Limited, and then Bottle Rocket. Okay, I haven't seen Bottle Rocket, and I would switch Life Aquatic and Darjeeling, but okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. I actually watched, um, you know, the Nerd Writer One YouTube channel. Um, I don't think I've heard of that one. Okay, well, he does really good video essays, not only on like film and TV, but like he does a bunch of art um, analysis. Like Donovan is making a lot of noise right now. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, he does a lot of like video essays on. Uh, actual like art stuff like paintings and all these different kind of video essays and he did an essay on why the Darjeeling Limited is his favorite Wes Anderson film really okay yeah. I always like those like you know choosing the uh, underdog movie for like a director's right like you know it was a very nice comparison to a video essay I watched the other day before we rewatched it on why it's his worst film <laughs> So very stark contrast of mm. video essays, uh, and I completely disagree with the guy who hate, hated it. I feel like a lot of his points were fair, but also some were just very outlandish. And I was like, "Whoa, guy, yeah, hold the phone." Uh, one of those being that he said, "Like Wes Anderson is slightly racist." What and gets away with it for it coming off as quirky and innocent that's and i was like that's interesting okay so highly disagree with that one. like what were his points why did he say he said that in like a lot of his films there's that like one minority type character and they just get more played off as for jokes and laughs than like actually having anything meaningful to it and first of all, in Grand Budapest, Zero was like one of the 
that's the best. I know he referenced Zero as being a part of that, and I was like, what? dude, Zero is that's like first of all the main character of the film, yeah, and gets a beautiful story. I mean, he comes from being a literal refugee to owning an extremely and running an extremely successful hotel with with a little help from Gustav. But yeah, but still, still, like, yeah, that's. And he basically said, like, Gustav is, like, like racist towards him and, like, what? treats him terrible. I was like, dude, Gustav, first of all, loved, yeah, Zero, he loved like, that a, kid. his own son. Yeah. Like, he trusted him, raised him. Like, what are you talking about, guy? And then there's a... This is very strange. In Bottle Rocket, there is a Mexican, uh, like, stewardess. Not stewardess. Uh, like, maid for the hotel that the guys are hold up in okay and Owen Wilson's brother's character like basically forms a relationship with her okay and I was like dude he she has like such a great and like massive role in the trajectory of that character's like life Mm. (laughs) and like she's not like treated bad at all like it's about this this woman who's stuck in this situation and feels like she can't get out but ultimately does yeah like it's not the main focus of the story but like it's there and same thing here he said like a lot of the characters in Darjeeling are just like all the Indian characters are played for laughs no I mean okay that one the one guy on the train is but he's he not even, played for laughs. Like he's yeah, sick he of these like, guys' crap. Like I know. I and like even the stewardess. Like he's like kind of same deal in Bottle Rocket. I was like, it's the same. Like same thing. She's a character who hates being working on that train and wants out. Yeah. And basically uses. He even says in Jason Schwartzman's character, he said, "Thanks for using me." And she said, "Anytime." <laughs> like she uses him to as an escape to get away. Like yeah, yeah. I I don't. I don't get those statements. That's no, that's very weird to me because you know I, I feel like especially in this one I feel like the Indian culture, like the, the movie being in India, was like a nice like little backdrop. Yeah. Just like the the European setting of Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I feel like yeah, this was just like a you know like a little a little brack a little like backdrop. I mean, like, if Wes Anderson was, was racist towards any of the characters ever, it would be that German couple. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the ones that were being Ladies, loud. Ladies, can you please uh, stop talking so loud? Yeah, we're trying. Can you be quiet? <laughs> and that'd be a that'd be nationalist. So, because whatever, being German is race is not a national. It's a nationality, not a race. Whatever, you get my point. I do. But yeah, I was like, whatever, dude. Just get out of here with your <laughs> incorrect statements. And I haven't seen Royal Tenenbaums, but they have a black, uh, that family has a black uh, accountant, and he roped him into that, the same whole category as well. And I assume that character is going to fall into what we're saying as well, once I see it. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Because I adore this film. I do too, yeah. I mean, it's, the it's so simple, and so just, like tenderly told yeah no exactly that's the perfect way to say it like it's about it really is like an uplifting movie yeah and it's the story is about three brothers who go on a spiritual journey to try and find um peace and 
I don't know. It's just more. I don't, I don't know, but it's that's what they first set out to do. But it becomes a film about communication and then being able to communicate better. Yeah, and grow as brothers and become a family. Again, oh, for sure. Which and that's ultimately happens. At that's the, end. the best part of the movie. Like it, it, the India, the setting in India is just like you know a background for like it's a, a beautiful background but the foreground is these three brothers and the dynamic between them and right. all three of the actors are like are, are so good you can tell adrian adrian brody's kind of like you know just kind of done he doesn't really have a lot of time for like shenanigans and you know he's obviously like just yeah fed up in in life sort of and then Owen Wilson's a little more optimistic and he like he just wants everyone to kind of like be to get along and to rekindle their relationship that they had right and then Jason Schwartzman's kind of like the you know the the how would you describe him uh I would describe him as the little brother that just I don't know really actually He's very uh, he's very soft spoken, but he's very um, opinionated, and he you know he's there's a lot going on in, in his head. He's more of a, a man of a man of thought than a man of, of words. Right. Um, and the video essay from Nerdwriter, who talks about how great it is, mm-hmm. uh, he made a pretty good point that it's also like they're all in their own state of running away from their own problems yeah like jason shortman's character runs away to europe away from everybody and is in the middle of just isolating himself and putting all his feelings into his writing uh adrian brody's character literally is running away from his like wife who's weeks away from giving birth and kind of takes all of his father's things who passed away to like hold on to that and even like with the sunglasses this guy put it in really good terms like he still has the prescription in the sunglasses yeah and so he wears them so he doesn't have to see the world and he can just stay in his own like whatever that's a perfect you know it's a perfect description and then owen wilson's character you know drove his motorcycle into a mountain (laughs) And that, dude, that is iconic. Like, that, like, his his bandaged-up face, like, oh, that he has throughout the movie. that was, like, the key thing of why I bought uh, Darjeeling from Criterion first. Because, because I would always see, like, the clips of him in the bandages before, <laughs> like, in, like, these Wes Anderson, like, video essays. And I'm like, what? happened yeah no i know i like, want to know i don't know i've seen that like every single video i've seen that discusses like something about wes anderson's movies or why he's a great director i see that picture yeah. of owen wilson and i'm just like okay what happened there yeah so when i was on criterion i was ordering the couple of films i'm like okay well i have to get this one in first because like i gotta watch this yeah i gotta know what happens and yeah he drove his motorcycle into a mountain <laughs> and another way that they're all running away from their problems is they're all on some sort of painkiller trying to numb the pain oh yeah no i know and it's they're all carrying around this baggage and it's a little tongue-in-cheek but it perfectly portrays the theme uh when they're running towards their 
train at the end, they literally get rid of all of their baggage. And it's kind of, I was thinking about it when we watched it, it's like when we were joking about why do they have all this baggage when they literally wear the same outfit every day. Yeah, no, I know. And it's literally just all metaphorical. It's a really good, simple fit. It's almost uh, like a, I don't know, I, I this might sound kind of weird to say, it's almost like I can envision this as one of the parables that Jesus might have told his disciples but didn't end up in the Bible. Is, is that, like, I know it's uh, kind of weird to say, but like, like um, Rufus or whatever his name is. Yeah, from exactly. Dogma. From Dogma. Like how, no, but seriously, just like, you know, I'm sure he told he told his boys like stories like every single day. That's cool, well, of course. I can just picture that as, I'm not saying it is, but I can picture that as one of the story. Like, it, it's just a very like simple, simple, but like biblical kind of, you know, Right. metaphorical in nature yeah because like they have literally like 10 bags each like giant bags each and they wear the same thing every day I know. and like don't do anything with any of this stuff why do they have it it's literally just metaphorical for all the baggage they're carrying around from their past and from their family and all this stuff and finally they just release it all yeah. you know and then they're like happy and they're like loving each other and brothers again in the end for sure so they're like want to go smoke a cigarette outside yeah and then the kinks start playing and then it ends that's great that movie soundtrack is so good like, it's so good i you know wes anderson really has like his like classic rock like deep cuts oh down. yeah like, obviously this guy like has grown up with listening to like lots of different varieties of like 60s and 70s like you know right it's well, not just like he is stuff. 51 so really mm-hmm. oh i thought he was like i don't know i just pictured him being like 40 or something well he looks like he's like 38 yeah he looks really young. <laughs> yeah he he just turned 51 like last week oh wow and i was shocked when i found out he was 51 okay i was like yeah. dude you look like you're in your 30s no dude but no definitely he uh he, he's someone who just like little stuff like that just like he, he puts and we talked about this for Mr. Fox and for Steve Zizou but he, he puts the you cussing at me? oh I know you ain't cussing at me it's a tiny little cuss <laughs> <laughs> oh I gotta rewatch that <laughs> so good uh, Paul to me <laughs> All right, we're not talking about Mr. Fox right now. We already did enough so on that. singing this song. No, that's a you wrote a bad song. You wrote a Peter. bad song, Petey. <laughs> you wrote a bad song. That's just bad songwriting. That's just bad songwriting. Anyway, uh, just like the little finishing touches that he that he like puts on his on his art is just like so it, it's so good. I know, man. I. Uh, I love Wes Anderson's films. I I literally, I cannot believe I haven't seen any of his films before this year. Like, it's kind of appalling. And I had just only heard of him back in 2018, which is weird. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah. I had heard of him back in, like, 2014. Um, Grand Budapest came out? No, uh, actually Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Wait, but Moonrise Kingdom didn't come out in 2014. No, I know. It, it, wasn't that like, when was it? 
I don't know. <laughs> it was earlier than that. It was earlier than that. Because yes. Grand Budapest came out in 2014. No, I just like was looking at like movies to watch. I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I knew about Grand Budapest before I even knew who Wes Anderson was. Because I remember... Because I started watching the Oscars, I think, in 2015, that year. So it was all the films from 2014. Uh, Didn't Grand Budapest get nominated? Yeah, it did. And that's when I first heard of it. And I was like, whoa, this looks crazy. <laughs> like, this yeah. looks sick. And I just never watched it. And then finally, uh, I was outside of my freshman acting class. And this one dude in my class is like obsessed with uh, Wes Anderson. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he always like bring him up in class and stuff? No, he just talked about like how obsessed he was that day because the trailer for Isle of Dogs came out. Oh, okay. And he was ecstatic to go see it. And I watched the trailer later that day and I was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just never checked out his stuff. Oh. And then, yeah, this last year when I really got into Karsten's videos and he always talked about Mr. Fox because it's his like all-time favorite film so I was like who is this guy I yeah. gotta check him out so now I have he's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time huh. easily okay yeah I think my top three is or I, I guess I can easily do top four or five but it's not this isn't in any order but like Wes Anderson Noah Baumbach Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese are easily the top four. Who's the number? Who's number five on there? Um, that's hard. Number five. Um, I don't know. There's like probably eight people that I could think of, and none of them are coming to my mind right now for some reason. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know who I really like is, uh, I wouldn't say he's on my top five, but um, what's his name? Michael Vaughn, I think. He directed uh, Kick-Ass and the Kingdom movies. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. he's really good, too. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. He's not on my list, either. Oh, I guess I, top five, I guess, would be Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. He's really good. But, no, I don't know. I don't resonate with his films as much as all these other guys. Yeah, no, that, that's true. This is more just fun. I don't know. It's hard. That's a hard question. Let me think about that, and I will get back oh, to you. I know who it is for me. I know, so those four you said are, mm-hmm. are mine too. Okay. But who? Um, it uh, probably. So Noah Baumbach would probably be number five because exactly. I love both the films I've seen so much. But you know, I've only seen two of his. Yeah, films. you'll have to see more too. But uh, Bring Steven up. Spielberg. Oh, yeah. Maybe not for okay. you, but for me. I mean, I love his, like, early work, but I have not been, like, a huge fan of all the stuff he's done in the last, like, 20 years. Which, like, what? Like... I didn't see that BFG movie. Like that, for example. Did you see that? terrible. Oh, really? Awful. Oh, why? I, it's just... It's just not for me. Oh, okay. Like, it's definitely a kid's movie. You know, oh, okay. and I just like I I wasn't vibing with it. Um, Ready Player One, for example, like it oh, was good, yeah. but I mean that looked kind of kind of cool. I, I didn't see that. It was good. It just was like nah. Like when you think of Spielberg, you think of like Indiana Jones, Jaws, E.T., e. e. all of these 
incredible iconic films but yeah a lot of the stuff he's done recently is just kind of ugh. you know another director I really like is uh, Sam Mendes oh yeah Sam Mendes is really good he's he's fantastic um, and then who, who am I who's another director I'm missing um, he why is he not coming to mind uh, oh um so he directed this is the only thing uh he's he's friends with Tarantino and he directed the Spy Kids movie and Sin know who City you're talking about. something Rodriguez I know who you're talking about but I don't oh, okay. know well he, he's really he makes good movies too I thought of my fifth guy who Kevin Smith I don't oh, really? know why okay. I didn't think okay, of okay. him yeah no he's yeah definitely in there well, I, I think I need to watch more of his movies. Yeah. Dogma, definitely. I mean, his films are just yeah. fun. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, easy, laid back, really relatable, good times. For I sure. love them. I mean, they're all, like, hated at first, and yeah. then they come out, but then they always find their crowd, you know? And, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of him at first, but, yeah, I adore his work. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Great. And he's just a cool dude. Yeah, no, I know. He's, like, just a... I mean, he's just a fan of film. Like, yeah. He just wanted to make a movie because he's like, well, these idiots are making these great films. I want to try. Yeah. And he made Clerks, and now he's a massive name. So I love that story he told me about Clerks that, like, he didn't even have, like, a producer or anything, but then he just bought, like, a bunch of credit cards and maxed them all out. Oh, yeah. It was, like, a 27... Thousand dollar budget, I think. And well, okay, but what did he max him out on? Just camera equipment? Yeah, it was all the rentals for the camera gear, sound, okay. lighting, all that stuff. So no, like nothing. So like basically, what was like in the forefront of the screen, like what was on screen, what we're seeing, that was basically all like free. Well, yeah, it was filmed in the convenience store he worked at. Okay. So and the, his boss just said like. Yeah, you can shoot here at night when the store's closed. Who cares? Hmm. So, like, they would work all night and then... But, like, they didn't spend any money on anything no. extra? Okay. Uh-uh. And there was a video store right next to it that the owners of the Quick Stop that they filmed in and he worked at was owned by the same people, so they could film in there, too. Wait, so they were filmed in two... St- I haven't seen the movie, obviously. They were filmed in two stores? Yeah. Uh, so, there's the Quick Stop... And then literally right next door to it is a video store. Okay. And it's in just one building. It just, like, there's, like, one door and then, like, wall, another door. Oh, okay. So there's, like, a wall between the two of them. What was the deal with the video store? How did that come into play in the movie? Uh, the other main character worked over in the video store. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So... And they were owned by the same people, so they were able to shoot in both spots. And that kind of, like, that was, like, his Reservoir Dogs? That kind of, like, put him on the map? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it it was shown at uh, AFI in New York, which is the American Film Institute, like, festival okay. type deal. There was, like, a supposedly only, like, five people in the screen. Which sucked because that meant like no one's gonna see his film, no one's gonna get, he won't get distribution, whatever. Yeah. There just so happened to be a massive named producer in there. 
uh, I forget his name, and he loved it and basically helped get into Sundance and got, uh, uh, is it Harvey Weinstein or Henry Weinstein? Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein at Miramax to see it in Sundance. He loved it because originally he'd shown it to him, but he hated it because he like smoked like two packs of cigarettes a day. And there's like a five minute scene about like the main character, like giving us all these people come into the store to buy cigs. And then there's like one like anti-smoker dude goes in there and gives this massive speech. And apparently like Harvey Weinstein, like cut the movie off right there. And he's like, I hate it. Oh my God. So after a lot of convincing, Got to watch it at Sundance and fell in love with it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then bought it, distributed it, and then that was history. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, then his second film, Mallrats, was by Universal, but then... I think so that was like a bigger budget? Yeah, okay. massively. It was like... And then it has uh, Jason Lee in it, right? Yeah, that was his debut as an actor. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's made history. Who wants a holy bartender? <laughs> Get it? Get it? Holy? Because I shot him? God. And then Jay got it like Jay five like, minutes oh, later. I get it, man. Uh, that's so good. Yes. Um, that was a massive tangent. Yeah, Back to no. Darjeeling Limited. Well, I mean, did we... I think it was pretty much it for the movie. I, yeah, I mean, it's a great film. Uh, but there's just nothing like insanely deep to talk about yeah i know i mean there's there's some middle end of the middle of the pool deep stuff but like yeah like everything we talked about already yeah um Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely i definitely recommend watching this movie oh okay one more thing i guess i could say this is probably like the tamest r-rated movie i've ever seen like besides that opening short like if you like oh yeah if you admit the short like Hotel Chevalier. Yeah. Okay. Which was very good, by the way. Um, I used to. I was saying Chevalier, and then when I was watching. Oh, I didn't even hear you say that. I already slapped you right in the face. Yeah, I was always saying Chevalier because that was how it was spelled. And then I watched uh, in the Nerd Writer video essay. He said Chevalier. Chevalier. And then I was like, Oh, I am so stupid. It's a French hotel. Of course, it's not Chevalier. My yeah. dumb American mind. <laughs> Made big poker. I was so I was like, dang it, me. You're not even saying real things. I know. That's you're now you're speaking like Japanese. Okay. Okay. Before before we get to racist, give me your baguette. Before we get in uh, the racist boat of Wes Anderson, quote unquote. Okay, let's uh, let's rate this movie, shall we? Yes. But what uh, what would you give it? I originally gave it a four out of five, okay. but now it's a four and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, I give it an eight and a half out of ten. Perfect. Uh, so pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this movie was really great. So. Oh yeah, I mean it. It's just so simple and just I don't know. I love it, man. Yeah. Oh, it, oh it's so good. Never mind. Yeah, it's great. I it's. It. It, I mean, did we mention that this movie is like really funny too? I mean, it's Wes oh, Anderson, it's hilarious. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, not as funny as Grand Budapest or Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, but it's it's still good. Yeah. Can we at least have our snake back? No, he's dead. He's dead. You killed him. 
Oh, and that that final shot of like the train car, each train car, but it's like oh yeah, that, that was a, that was a really good yeah, that, that was, was really great good shot. yeah I know. Um, all right, so uh, on to recommendations then. Yes, what do you got to recommend for this week? Um, so let's see. Um, oh, are you are you looking for something? Are you looking around the room to recommend too? No, I will. I already know what I'm going to recommend. Oh, I'm looking around to see what I'm going to recommend. Oh, okay. So I guess Jake didn't come prepared. Nope. Um, I actually did. So over this past week, I've been doing a lot of reorganizing of my Spotify um, playlist um, for reasons that shall remain nameless. And um, I actually have. Um, Basically, I was just adding back all my old music onto a new account, and I actually discovered a ton of really good music. Um, Spotify will recommend stuff like in your daily mix or whatever, but also, but here and here's the recommendation. So um, a lot of like songs that you like, um, but like you just like you know you just heard that hit from the song. For example, "No Rain" by Blind Melon. Yeah, you know, that's our jam, great. right? So turns out that whole album. Is that good? Really? Oh, dude, it's phenomenal. Like, the, mm. it's it's a little more, it's a little less kind of, you know how No Rain is like, it's kind of chill. Right. It's a little more like um, lo-fi, I guess you could call it. Okay. Or, um, you know, there's a, a decent amount of electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a really, really solid. So just, you know, look at like an album. You know, check check music, check look into bands, look into albums because chances are, if a song off the album is good, maybe the whole album's that good. Maybe not, maybe not. But I mean, it's definitely worth a look into, and I, I am a testament to that as I went from four thousand songs in my like songs to now I have like six thousand something. Oh wow! So yeah, dude, I, I found a lot of music. I feel enlightened. All right. I feel enlightened. I really do. Good. Um. Well, I'll definitely be checking the rest of that record out. Um, yeah, please do. I would be doing a disservice to yourself. I will recommend. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll recommend uh, the Lovebirds. You know, I thought you didn't like that. I was disappointed by it, but it's still a good time. Um, so if you're, you know, you got an hour and a half to spare, you know, go ahead and pop it on. It's on Netflix. Just came out the other day. I. uh... It's a fun time. It's nothing spectacular. It's not groundbreaking or anything, but it's fun. And that's enough for right now. It is. Um, yeah. Also, actually, I'll recommend two things. Okay. What's, what's this is two? another movie I just watched last night. Okay. It's called The Core. It's on, I believe, Hulu? Maybe Amazon Prime. Regardless, that film is, whoa. Okay. It's from like 2003. It's about like the core of the earth stopped spinning. So now like the planet's about to die. Oh, geez. It's the end of the world. And it's about these like scientists and like NASA pilots and everything going down to like restart it. It's really great. Uh, has the guy who played Two Face in The Dark Knight in it? He's like the main protagonist. Oh, um, I forget his name. Yeah, but he. I just. 
That was a Tom Cruise impression. Yeah. So okay. Was that good? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, you know this is audio, so no one can uh, hear what you see. You, what you're you, doing? You can see it though. I can see what you're doing, but all our listeners have no clue what's going on. They just hear you going like. <laughs> I think I think you're like spazzing out or something because I'm gonna have a seizure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but it's really good. It's like the visual effects are pretty ground or uh, dated, but. I mean, the story's so good, it, it doesn't even matter. Okay. So, I yeah, would recommend that. that. I think I gave that, like, a four and a half. Wow. Or, like, a four. Wowie. Yeah. So, those are my recommendations. Well. And, uh, I guess that pretty much brings us to the end. All right. Oh. End um, of the line. All right, guys. Have a uh, have a fantastic week. Um, mm-hmm. We're kind of probably going to be recording another one of these in a couple days, just for convenience sake. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll release it um, on schedule. Uh, be safe, stay in online school, um, and don't drink bottom shelf liquor. Please don't. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, like Donovan said, have a fantastic week. If you like this podcast, give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us shoot up through the ranks. And um, yeah, we will see you guys next week. All right. All right. Peace.